Assalamu alaikum, this is Muslim Health Talk. What does that mean? Our health has to do with nourishing our body, nourishing our mind, nourishing our soul, and nourishing our heart. And a really great way of doing this is keeping an eye on what the Prophet did and following through his footsteps with things that we learn in today's world as well. Thank you for joining me. Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma zidni ilman. So today I just want to discuss um, blessings, right? Um, Barakah, the way we know it. And how, if we kind of keep count and track of how much we have and how much we need and how much we should spend and we shouldn't, um, we kind of uh, get rid of the barakah, the blessings of what we have. Um, And... I was speaking to a client of mine and she made me aware of certain, you know, finances that we go through and how difficult it is um, in today's world, trying to save money and then spending on certain things and just having um, a lot of aggravation because of it, right? It affects your health as well. And I know, I totally understand because... Usually when my husband and I kind of, he takes care of the finances right now and I did it for the first 10 years, so we we switched off. And now when he takes care of the finances, he looks and he has a clear idea of how much is coming in and how much is going out. And even though supposedly we're in a better situation financially than we were, let's say, Two years ago, because we had the expense of traveling to work. Right now, we're we're, we're temporarily or sometimes are able to work from home. So we minus that. But yet, even though supposedly we make a little bit more than last year or two years ago, we're not able to see the blessing. And I, I attribute it to being so obsessed with looking at the numbers and when when I deal with my finances, not that I don't know what's coming in, I don't focus on it too much. And I feel like it's important to do that because there's something else that we need to believe in, which is putting our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Having tawakkul in Allah. And so I feel like this kind of goes hand in hand, right? Blessings, being blessed with blessings and tawakkul. So there are many hadiths that tell us that the Prophet wasallam had um, faith in tawakkul, putting his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course doing your work, but then also putting your trust. So there's this one hadith I remember when Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu was a companion of the Prophet wasallam, and he was married. And he, the Prophet ﷺ was at a time where there were many people around him. I think it, it was during a certain battle. I can't exactly remember. But the Prophet ﷺ came to him and asked him, you know, do you have any food at home so we can feed the rest of the companions? Um, but he didn't say it in that form. He said, do you have any food? And of course, Jabir, Jabir ibn Abdullah uh, who went to his wife and asked, do we have any food? The Prophet ﷺ um, wants to, you know, is hungry because remember the Prophet ﷺ did, wasn't 
didn't always have food, abundant food all the time. So his wife said, yes, we have a small goat. We could um, sacrifice it and make some food and feed him. But please, please, we don't have food for a lot of people. So Jabir ibn Abdullah goes back and tells the Prophet ﷺ, we have this much little food, but we can feed people. And so the Prophet ﷺ tells Jabir ibn Abdullah, okay, make sure when your wife is done cooking that she does not take the food out. Just leave the pot the way it is and I will come and I will take care of it. So the Prophet ﷺ tells people around them to come and follow him because Every, you know, he, he basically um, announces to everyone that Jabir ibn Abdullah has invited them to his home for food. And so Jabir ibn Abdullah is thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to say to my wife? So when he goes back and he tells his wife that there are a lot of people accompanying the Prophet she says, we don't have any food. And she becomes very worried and kind of um, concerned and gets all upset. Kind of like when we have guests over, a lot of guests over, and, and then we worry about how much food we've made, we've made, right? That it's not going to be enough. So the Prophet goes over to the pot and he takes out and serves each person one at a time. And he takes out a shoulder and another shoulder and another shoulder and another shoulder and another and he keeps taking more and more. And then all of a sudden somebody notices that he's taking way too many shoulders for one goat, right? And they question it and um, they say, wait a minute, doesn't a goat only have one shoulder, uh, two shoulders? (laughs) And so the Prophet took the last shoulder out right before that and he said, and then he took other parts of the meat, um, the animal that was cooked. And then he said that if you wouldn't have mentioned, have mentioned that isn't there only two, like if you wouldn't have counted, I would have continued to take out shoulders um, until I've satiated everyone. And so that kind of tells you that there is barakah, there is blessing in something not being um, like looked out, looked at with a fine tuned pen with like a magnifying glass and making sure the numbers all match up and everything else, right? Growing up, I don't know if this is cultural or if it is Islamic, but I was always told by my elders not to count the people in the gathering when you are having a happy gathering and you're blessed you're blessed and you're enjoying yourself not to count at all you know and um maybe that has something to do with also like you know the blessings of the gathering right there's um i know that the other day i had some guests over and i remember i didn't we weren't aware of how many people would come because we, we invited family, 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 family. And so we thought, you know, their children probably be working. So only the husband and the wife might come. And so we kind of um, averaged out how many people we might have. And I remember cooking up a few dishes, right? I made some rice with meat, some rice alone, um, a few veggie dishes, a little meat dish my husband had prepared. And then other little things like bread and and, uh, condiments and salad and other things. And I remember my husband came over and he said, 
that's the pot you use for the rice that we make. It's an it's um it's a traditional dish, right? With rice and carrots and stuff. It's it's really yummy. He said that's what we use for ourselves, and we're only at like six people in the household, and that rice only lasts a meal and a half, right? Are you sure that's going to be enough for um, about thirty people that are that might show up or more? And I said, yeah, inshallah, it'll be okay. And I wish I had the habit of saying salawats all throughout my day, but I don't. And I try, I'm trying, I'm in the process of trying to make that work. But I do remember to say salawats. So I'll say salawats like um, the beginning of when I'm starting to cook or the beginning of when I'm starting to prepare something or clean the house or whatever I need to do. And I don't continue throughout, but at least I say a few, right? Because I want that blessing i want that barakah that comes with saying salam to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and even though i should have worried and i should have been concerned and i should have sat down and thought and calculated in my head like okay we have this many adults and then we have this many kids and i know my kids eat a lot now because they're older i didn't i said to myself you know what this gathering is not about food it's not about the emphasis on you know we must have elaborate food and we must have delicious food. Yes, food is involved because we, we want to feed people and we want them to um, be comfortable and, and treated properly. But the main purpose is to bring people together, right? To welcome each other, to be there for each other because um, the household that we had invited, one of them had lost a son, right? Over a month ago. And we wanted them to come over and be around people they loved and talk to them and, and make dua for him and, um, console them and just be there for them and and take them out of their home so that they can be in a different place, you know, in a different gathering and, and just try to find some sort of peace and, um, we wanted to be there for them, right? To support them. So that was the purpose. And so I focused on that and I said, my intention is not to make amazing food, but inshallah, I trust in Allah that he will take care of it. And I don't have to worry about the amount, the taste, none of that stuff, right? And mashallah, like we had way more people than we expected. I think we had, instead of having 30 people, we had like close to 50 people or 40 people um, showing up and they were most of all of them were adults except for maybe two of my kids but mashallah alhamdulillah and you know it's all up to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the blessing was there because we had enough food and a little bit left over for for the kids to eat the following day right and so this is i'm trying this is i'm i'm trying to explain this not just to you but remind myself that Tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so important, right? Um, not worrying about the tedious and nitpicking and the detail of things is so important because I think there's another saying that's um, shaitan gets into the detail of things, right? When you when you focus too much of what do I need to do? What do I know, don't need to do? You all of a sudden are saying, I'm so intelligent that I can figure things out right? And you all, you're allowing your intellect to um, govern you and forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one truly in charge, right? So there's many hadiths. There's another hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is at war. It's in battle. 
with his companions and they only have a hand somebody only has a handful of dates and they're out in the desert so they're away from their homes right they're not in medina and um, they come to the Prophet Sallallahu and tell him, like, this is all we have, Ya Rasulullah. And yet we have hundreds of people here, um, soldiers who haven't eaten, who are hungry, who, who need something to keep them going. So the Prophet Sallallahu tells him, you know, just bring a mat, like a, like a dastakhan that we put on the floor and we, we put our food on it and I will take care of it. And uh, subhanAllah, like he takes the dates and he just spreads them just like kind of throws them everywhere and that handful of dates ended up satiating fulfilling the hunger of every single one of the um, soldiers his companions subhanallah like amazing stories mashallah right another story i remember that many of us are aware of so after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um leaves the world Aisha anha has um, is a very important figure in the community right and there are times where she she does not live a, a rich life right not even after the Prophet and there are times when she she needs to fast because maybe there's not food around the house or she's fasting one day one day she's fasting and she has um, someone helping her and um, sh- that person who, who assists her makes sure that there's like a little piece of bread or a little piece of barley or a little something for her to open her fast with at the end of the day. So I think everyone's familiar with this um, hadith, inshallah, and someone comes knocking on the door, right, and asks for food. And Aisha radiallahu anha looks at her helper and says, do we have anything, right? And she says, yes, but you know, I'm 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 holding on to this so you can open your fast with it. So Aisha radiallahu anha says it's okay when somebody comes and asks for food, give it to them. Allah subhanahu wa taala has sent them right. So even though she has very little and only for her, and that's it, she doesn't have extra. She doesn't have stocks of food or anything else. She gives the I think the handful of barley it is to the person who's asking for it and then the her helper kind of says well great now you have nothing to eat you know you gave your food i had saved this for you you know and you just say oh allah will take care of us allah will take care of us right lo and behold maghrib comes in and it's time for her to open her fast right the and aisha radiallahu anha opens her fast with some water and um you know her her servant her helper says i had see allah will help us right in a very sarcastic kind of like a like really where like how <laughs> right um and aisha radiallahu anha prays her, um, opens her fast with water prays her maghrib and right after maghrib someone comes knocking on the door <laughs> subhanallah right and she's like, we're not expecting anyone. Who would that be, right? So her, her, she goes and opens the door and she sees that someone has gifted her with a, I believe it was a sheep or a goat, an animal. And like, like subhanAllah, right? At that moment, um, Aisha radiallahu anha tells her, 
um, our helper. Allah has helped us, see? You know, like, mashallah, like that is not just tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but um, also giving even when you when you have very little and then putting your trust in Allah. And I, I think that's even more of a test than knowing that you can see your finances, knowing that you can see your what you have and what you don't have. Um, this is, is beyond, like her iman, mashallah, is way beyond what we could, I mean, whatever, what I could ever live up to. But inshallah, may Allah give us that iman, that strong faith, that strong tawakkul in, in him to, to know that not to worry so much and not to, to, to um, focus on the numbers and the details. There's one other story that I remember the Prophet ﷺ was living, I believe, in Medina. And there was a place that they had right behind the masjid, right? They had built the Masjid Nabawi, which wasn't the way it was now. It was very simple. Um, and there was an area that they kept um, for people who didn't have a place to live. And they came, they became Muslim, and they needed a place to stay in. And we can we can think of it as like the first university that the Prophet ﷺ actually taught because he would be with them a lot of the times teaching him talking to them and um they were one of the not they became one of the very knowledgeable people and one of those people was abu Huraira radiallahu anhu and he used to be so hungry because he gave up working and he spent all his time to be close to the prophet وسلم, so he could learn from him um so he would always be really hungry right very very starving and he wouldn't eat for days because he didn't have the means but every time someone came to the masjid he would follow them and he would talk to them and he would teach them about islam he would ask them question anything to do just to get them um to get them talking so that in the hopes of they that they would offer to feed him they would ask him to come back home with them and and give him something to eat and so he did this one day and the Prophet ﷺ noticed that no matter who he spoke to, no one really asked him to come and have a meal with them. And so he, the Prophet ﷺ asked Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu to come with him. So he went home, he took him home and he went to his wife Aisha radiallahu anha and he said, Aisha, um, do you have anything for us to eat today? And so Aisha radiallahu anha said, I only have a bowl of milk. And that's it. I don't, you know, the bowl of milk. How much? How many people f- can be fed from a bowl of milk? Maybe two, right? So the Prophet وسلم, looked at Abu Huraira and he said, "Go get all the people from the masjid." And um, so he, he, the Prophet who thought, "Wow, like I'm gonna go get all the people from the masjid." There's like maybe ten or twenty of them. I don't know if any of that milk is going to be, am I even going to get a drop of it, right? But um, we have to understand that the iman of um, the sahabas were so much greater because we know the sahabas, mashallah, like they were the closest to the Prophet ﷺ. They saw him. They were around him. They dealt with the hardest of times, probably the most difficult of, of, of tests, right? 
um, and most of them uh, are guaranteed Jannah, right? So their Iman, mashallah, are subhanAllah, is so much greater. So he, so he didn't say anything. He didn't question the Prophet He went. He got the men from. It was called Ahl Sufa, which was the area behind the one part of the Masjid, the Masjid Nabawi, where people, um, the men would stay there to learn Islam. And so he called them all in. And then Abu Hira, and then the Prophet, then he took him to the Prophet Sallallahu home, and um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, "Okay, Abu Hira, take the bowl of milk and feed everybody, serve every single person." And if it was me, I would be like, "Oh my gosh, there's definitely nothing going to be left for me because maybe if." If Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told me to take a sip first, then give it to others, I would have a little bit of something in my stomach, right? But now I would think there's nothing going to be left, especially if there's like 20 other men, right? So Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, who has full iman, tawakkal in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though he's been starving for days, right? Not a single morsel of food in his stomach. They said he would. He was so hungry that he would have seizures, um, and people would think that there was something wrong with him. But it was because of the fact that he was so unsatiated, was 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 starving, right? So he took the bowl of milk and he served every single person, and he patiently gave it to them, and went from one person to the other until he was done. Then. Um, Abu Huraira brought the bowl of milk to the Prophet ﷺ, and there was still milk in it. Mashallah, right? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Now you drink, Abu Huraira. And he said, Bismillah. And he drank. And he said, Keep drinking. And he drank. And he said, Keep drinking. And he drank. And Nabi ﷺ kept on saying, Drink, drink, right? And after a while, Abu Huraira said, I couldn't drink anymore. I felt like my, my stomach would explode because I had so much milk inside of me, right? And the Prophet ﷺ said, then the Prophet ﷺ took the, the milk and drank himself. And there was still, subhanAllah, there was still milk in the bowl. That So that's another beautiful story of Nabi ﷺ from from. Um, from for how there is such thing as barakah, right? There is such thing as blessing that we need to remember. And I think the reason why I wanted to say this is because um, during the time when I had my guests, right, my mother-in-law was here and she's, she's older and she was really concerned in the middle of the thing. She said, she called me over and she said, are you sure you have enough food for 40, 50 people because... We thought it was going to be 30. And I said, it should be, inshallah, fine. And usually when, not just her, but when, when, when elders or anyone get worried about food, even though, mashallah, she's such a good cook, I've seen that certain gatherings, when, when, when they focus too much on the food, something goes wrong with the food. You know, it doesn't taste as great as it was. It um, gets wasted. Um it's just something 
no matter how much they emphasize on getting more food, because the focus is on food, right? The focus should not be on food. The focus should be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of us. And I'm saying this reminder not just to you, but to myself, because Ramadan is around the corner, and it's something to really think about, right? We might be tricked by shaitan telling us, hey, don't spend that money. Like, you're going to need it. You know, what if there's still going to be time after Ramadan? You're still going to have a life. You're still going to have to pay your bills. You're still going to have to do, you know, take care of your kids. You're still going to have to buy groceries and all this stuff. I want you to really think about um, maybe putting a plan and saying, you know what? I'm going to definitely spend, um, let's say, for example, $10 a day. And I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to give it every single day in Ramadan. But then on top of that, I'm going to try to give more if I can. And I'm not going to think about it because Ramadan is a beautiful time and you want to take advantage of it because every penny, every thought, every intention, every time something comes around and, and it it, it's in your face and someone wants, needs something because it'll come. We don't want to, to, to answer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment and say, yeah, I saw that, but I was worried that, that I needed the money, right? It's not that you have to give a lot. Even if you give a dollar or two dollar, take advantage of Ramadan. Take advantage of the blessing of Ramadan because that one dollar on the day of judgment will be counted as so much more, right? So much more. We don't even know because of the blessing that Ramadan has for us, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He will decide how much reward to give us for the good deed, the good act that we do. And it's not just money, right? It's, it's also giving. It's also feeding. It's also being kind, right? And the reason why I, I'm I'm talking about blessings and this is that let's not focus too much about the numbers or the amount or what we can or can't do. Just bismillah, say bismillah and make the intention to do good. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put, will put barakah and blessing in your work. So I hope inshallah this is a reminder for you guys. And definitely a reminder for my for myself because I have so much to work on. May Allah bless you with um, days in Ramadan that are full of blessing beyond what we could ever imagine. Amin. Thank you for joining me, Maliha Mahmoud, on Muslim Health Talk. Please do check us out. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and our website. MuslimHealthTalk.com Assalamu alaikum 